Is your team not performing well? Is morale low and turnover high? Are you falling further behind the competition? I'm here to help. I'm your host, Shaney, and this is The Leadership Show, where business strategy and culture finally meet, and we make the long-awaited shift from rhetoric to results. I promise I'm not your typical boring leadership consultant, and I will help you get your shift together. Let's do this. Hey, Leadershifters, and welcome to another episode of The Leadership Show. I'm Shaney, and our guest today is Melinda Garvey. Say a quick hello. Hello, everyone. So happy to be here with you. Thank you, Shaney. Thrilled, thrilled to have you. So, Leadershifters, let me just tell you a little bit about Melinda. So, she is super cool. She is all about all things women and culture, which we will dive into, and just as a small taste, she developed and continues to publish Austin Women's Magazine and is the founder of On The Dot Women, which is a fantastic site for women and um, interviewing many, many d- different female role models. And when I, when I was introduced to her, I knew I would love her because when I read this little blurb on her website, I knew it was a match made in heaven. She just sees this as the So, all right, let me back up. If you ask Melinda Garvey what her big dream is, you will probably hear her say, I want to brainwash women. Now, don't be alarmed. She just sees this as the fastest way to ensure that all women know their worth, have a tribe of other women supporting them, and can see their own path to success through access to the Manolos of women that came before them. So, I'm a fellow shoe collector, I would say. So, Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be here. And I, I hope all your, your listeners and watchers are ready to be brainwashed. It's my super. Yes, I love it. Well, you know, brainwashing isn't bad if it's a positive thing that we're helping shift mindsets. Because that's really when we say brain, brainwashing, it's helping people shift their perspective. That's right. That's yeah. Right. So give us a, just a little bit of a history of how you... Uh, came up in the business world and like bring us up to the point at which you started Austin Women Magazine. Okay. Well, um, I, gosh, uh, it's going back a lot of years. So Austin Woman is almost 17 years old, which I can hardly believe. <laughs> and, um, you know, I had kind of an interesting, I was one of those very accidental entrepreneurs. You know, I, I had this, this great career trajectory when I was young and I kept moving up and I was just on top of the world and doing really well. And um, I had actually come to visit Austin, Texas. Um, a friend of mine was living here. And I just kept like extending my plane ticket and staff. I was like, I love this place. This is amazing. And so I thought, you know what? I think I'm ready for a change. I'm, I'm going to move here. And I was probably, oh, I don't know, about 15 years into my career, I guess. And I, um, you know, again, it had this just, just great trajectory. And I moved here, I mean, literally within 30 days, boom, 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 got a job, you know, great on paper. So I probably, there are a lot of you, have you ever had a job, one of those jobs where it's really good on paper? My first couple of jobs were jobs that look great on paper. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So it was one of those. And it was like, you could hear that, like the screeching skid marks of tight, you know, I get into this job, it's literally the worst job on the planet. The people are absolutely crazy. You know, it just was one of those things where I'm like, how did I end up here? And what happened was, is that, you know, fast forward eight months into that job, 
And I'm a really naturally confident person. And like I said, I had had this great career trajectory. And it really, I have to say, it really started to just, I mean, I thought, okay, this must be me. Like something's wrong. You know, you really start, real, you know, believing um, the, the myth, like, okay, this must be something wrong with me. So, you know, at that eight month period, I was really like, I got to get out of here. This is just killing me. It's killing my self-esteem. And I was out with some girlfriends, you know, having a few glasses of wine as you do whining about my job, you know, what am I gonna wine do? And whining. it's a perfect combination. <laughs> exactly. And one of my girlfriends looks at me and she, you know, I think she had a martini and she's like, Hey, I just got back from Des Moines, Iowa. And I was like, seriously, this is my kitty party and we're going to talk about Des Moines, Iowa. Like I, I, I was like, please, by all means. She's like, there was this really cool magazine there called Des Moines Woman. And you know, and this is in Austin, which I don't know how, you know, how many of you know about Austin, but we've, you know, kind of we, this tech boom. We, and we really was the very first tech boom back in 2002. And it was just men, 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 men. You never read about women. Right. And so they said, there's nobody talking about women in this town. And, you know, you've done some publishing stuff. You have that background. I mean, you should just do that. And I'll tell you, I can remember like it was yesterday. The hair stood up on the back of my neck. I knew instantly in that moment, that's what I was supposed to do. Now, I had never thought about starting my own business. I didn't know the word entrepreneurship was not hip, cool, sexy that it is now. I didn't take any classes. I didn't have any family members that were entrepreneurs. No, 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 none of that. Yeah. But I just knew. And so literally the next morning I got up, I took a couple Advil because I needed them after the <laughs> and I started writing a business plan. And seven months later, we launched the first issue of Austin Woman. And that was in September, 2002. Wow. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a crazy ride, but, um, you know, I always I like to tell people that because I think that, that now that entrepreneurship is such a buzzword, I think people, there's this pressure like, oh, if I don't have this great idea or if I don't have something planned or, you know, and, and it really, I think I, I just want to encourage people to sort of watch out for that moment, right? That that that, that change happens and you know, you know. Yeah. That that's and so actually, I'm glad you said that because my next couple questions are, are really to help leader shifters embrace some of what you had to in order to do that because I'm sure that there's lots of listeners out there who have had that hair standing up on their you know neck kind of moment and then just didn't act on it right, right. They, they're like oh because then you know they, they got excited but then they talked themselves out of it right those inner critics those right. those words of doubt oh who do I think I am to be an entrepreneur and maybe the idea is not too that good and oh it's going to be hard and oh I need the stability of a W-2 paycheck. So how would you recommend people, not just women, because I have a lot of male listeners too, who I think sometimes let fear stand in their way. What would you suggest people do when they have that moment to not get scared away? Well, I, I think that there are a couple things uh, um, that, you know, the first is take some kind of action. Like I literally got up the next morning. I'm not kidding you. when I said I started writing a business plan. You know, I was just like, okay, so what would this, I mean, you take some kind of action. Don't yeah. just let it live in your head because I think sometimes, you know, when it lives in our head, then all the voices can tear that apart. So once I, you know, I put some stuff on paper so that that way I at least had that reference point at my most excited, at my most confident, like, Hey, I could do this. Yeah. I had that to go back to, 
when, you know, the next few weeks in the middle of the night when I was waking up going, what am I thinking? Like, I can't do this. Then I would like pick up the business plan from the floor of the side of my bed and go, oh, okay, I can do it. I can. I mean, it really, really that, I mean, that to me is, is was really key for me. Um, the, then the other thing is really finding your tribe. And I talk to women about this all the time that, you know, really find those people mm -hmm. that will support you and encourage you and make connections for you and really, you know, be that, be that, um, you know, that, that push for you. And then the last thing is, and I'll, uh, this, this actually happened to me is make sure that you get rid of the people who are the naysayers. Now that doesn't mean you get rid of everybody who challenges you or who questions things. But I'll tell you, I had a um, attorney, um, this young guy that I actually knew, you know, here I was like, Oh, I, I need some paperwork to start this business. Right. And you know, and I had known him previously, not super nice guy. And um, you know, he sits me down the first time and gives me all the stats on how you know, often businesses fail and yada, 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 yada. And, um, and I was like, okay, I got it. You've done your job. Great. But then every single time I talked to him, it was like, are you sure you want to do this? I don't know. I mean, this is a real risk and not every single time. And he was little, I was, I was going off the rails. Okay. Because here he was, right. He's a professional. He's seen this before. What do I know? And I finally got up the gut and I fired him. Good for and you. Cause he was sucking your, your right. accidental entrepreneur energy. But I can't tell you how many times I've seen entrepreneurs that have advisors around them mm -hmm. that end up, you know, going off the rails, losing that dream because of someone else's fear. Right. Yeah. And so that's the other thing is, you know, you can't take on, look, you got enough of your own fear. Trust me to last you a lot. You don't need it to be taken on anybody else's. <laughs> so, Absolutely. you know, have to have that, um, you know, just that confidence that, that you'll make those correct decisions. Yeah. You know, it's so true. You know, whoever, you know, the proverbial they say that we're a combination of, you know, let's say the five to 10 people we surround ourselves with most. Mm -hmm. And, and it's really true. So if we're surrounded by people who are negative and living from a place of fear, we're most likely going to follow that path and start to doubt what we're doing versus if we're surrounded by people who are encouraging and positive and, you know, have the same sort of goals, then we're going to follow that path. And I think not enough people are conscious of who they're surrounding their, themselves with, especially re regarding the, the things that are really important to them. So I guess I want to take a minute to challenge those who are watching or listening and say, where in your life do you need to maybe reshuffle the deck in terms of the people that you're surrounding yourself with? And not just if you are striving to be an entrepreneur, but whatever your circumstances are, it's really important to build that right pit crew, as I like to call it. That's right. And that changes as, as time goes. And I think that, you know, people feel that doesn't mean you have to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but, but right. there, there's certain roles for people that they fit in or don't fit. I mean, even, you know, now the people that are I'm surrounded by are much, much different, you know, and especially with on the dot being global rather than mm -hmm. just local, you know, I have to surround myself with different people. And so, you know, all of those things are important to understand. I think, think people do. I love your, I love the reshuffle the deck. It's a perfect. <laughs> yeah. 
and look at it like that. So you don't have to throw out the deck. You just have to reshuffle it. Sometimes. Yes, exactly. And it's all about expectations. You, you know, if you have certain friends who just aren't capable of providing the moral support and the encouragement, like, yeah, you don't have to necessarily get rid of them as friends, but readjust your expectations about what they're in your life to deliver. Maybe they're just the friend that you go out and wine with wine to, <laughs> as opposed to, you know, the friend that you're going to call when you're getting, you know, frustrated and, and demoralized, you want to go to the right friend. Right. Exactly. So, so let's, let's actually talk about on the dot. What was the culture, you know, since leader, the leadership project is all about helping organizations shift culture um, so that it aligns with the proper execution of the business plan. So what was the culture you were seeing out there, uh, especially vis-a-vis -vis women, that uh, prompted you to do something like On The Dot? Right. Uh, yeah, because clear, <laughs> clearly I'm a little nuts because I thought like, how much time do you have? <laughs> um, so, okay, so fast or back up to, you know, I guess 2016, 2015-ish, you know, when we have a woman running for president, right? I mean, and definitely you just felt, I mean, the, the media and everything, everything was revving up about this women's movement, right? And just talking about all the issues facing women. And this is really before the Me Too, Time's Up stuff happened. This is all about those, those top things that you hear about, you know, lack of access to capital, lack of access to, to networks. And, and just, I was really interested in sort of what was happening, you know, inequality of pay, what was happening with women you know, because here I am in Austin, Texas. I'm like, well, we have this great little, you know, this great network. I'm around women. So I'm feeling the abundance, right? Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I talk a lot about this abundance versus scarcity. And I'm feeling the abundance. So I'm kind of clueless. I'm like, really? Like, I know, I know gazillions of, of fabulous women who are killing it and doing this. I'm exposing them all the time. And I have that, that you know, that, that powerful. Well, so I started doing research on really what, what are these things that are affecting women and why? Well, you know, you hear all the, the one, you know, the ones I just mentioned, but then when I, when I realized that right at the tippy top of the list, lack of access to relatable role models. If you can't see it, you can't be it. Oh, well, interesting. Then I just got kind of ticked off. I mean, I really was like, that's not okay. I can solve that. I've been doing that here in Austin for at that time, you know, 14, 15 years. And, and I, I didn't understand because, you know, I often go to conferences in different parts of the country, really just to fill my own cup, these women's conferences and right. I meet all these amazing women and find out what they're doing. And it's so interesting. And I thought, how is it, you know, and, and what I realized in the media, all we see is Marissa Mayer and Sheryl Sandberg and, and Oprah and, you know, Beyonce. Right. And, and the thing is, those are all great. They're all great people. And, and they're, they're really great for getting people like, ooh, excited and, and getting, you know, a message sort of known. But at the end of the day, none of us can really relate to them and see that path. Yeah. That's not a relatable role model. That's not someone that you can say, wait a minute, she looks a little bit like me. And you know what? If she can do it, I can do it too. Yeah. And so that's really what On the Dot is. On the Dot is, is just a a global iteration of, of sort of what I've been doing locally for a long time. It's really about celebrating the accomplishments of these incredible women, but make, exposing that to other women so that other women could, and that's why I kind of talk about the brainwash part. I, I'm sort of, I have this vision 
you know, like, especially with on the dot, I thought, you know, how do I really want to do this? And of course, being global really had to be digital. Yeah, I knew that women are so time starved. And we, we don't make times, we don't make time for the things that actually will advance us. So I knew I wanted it to be super short, because I wanted I didn't want anybody to have any excuse, you can choose not to read or listen to on the dot every morning. But you can't say I don't have time because you got four minutes you're putting on your mascara and your makeup and you can listen to it. So we made it, you know, a four minute audible and a short form newsletter. You can either read it or listen to it. And my whole vision was, okay, what if, what if every day millions of women the world over just had four minutes, talk about mindset change, four mm -hmm. minutes of incoming, positive, relatable role model. Wow. This, this woman could do that. This is women who are, who are getting it done. How would that change the conversation about women's advancement? If we know that one of the top issues facing women is the lack of those role models, what would happen if there was an abundance? Because there is an abundance. We're, we just can't see them because right. nobody's talking about them. And that's what we're doing. So that's really was my whole mission and passion around this. Um, you know, and it's really interesting how it's morphed because um not you not only do we have the consumer version but we actually now have kind of a white label internal corporate platform oh interesting women okay. in large companies like adele for example that has you know thirty thousand plus women uh, that help those women Ooh. make connections within their own companies and advance and profiles women within those companies because what we found is that um that those women that are in in you know corporate america are often far more siloed even than entrepreneurs you know and it seems weird because yeah they work with all these women and we work sort of alone or with small teams but we're naturally out there because we have to be for our business we naturally connect and network Whereas women in those, those big corporations, you know, often they look around in their cubicles, they're the only woman. And they certainly see, don't, don't see anybody in leadership or in the C-suite. And so that's really what corporations are struggling with. Not, not only how do we get to gender parity, but then how do we take that and get these women into our, in, in advance into our upper levels? And so I love that. Really fascinating. Yeah. So Again, I want to take a quick pause and address folks who are listening, not just women, also men. What could it look like in your organization if you teamed up with On The Dot for a white label way to shine that spotlight on exceptional women and maybe other underrepresented uh, folks who feel disenfranchised uh, just because they're not white guys, right? <laughs> Let's just call it what it is, right? Um, <laughs> Uh, to, to do that because there are plenty of talented folks in your organization whose whose accomplishments deserve to be highlighted. I really love that. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a fascinating evolution to what you're doing. And I again, I right, and and that. one that just happened based on it. You know, you talk about these shifts, right? You know, that's your. I mean, that was probably the most significant because, of course, I, I've never worked in big time corporate America. You know, I've. I've either been in smaller companies or, or doing my own thing in the entrepreneurial world. But when I really started getting to know these women in these large corporations and talking to them and looking at what they're, you know, I think, oh, well, they have tons of resources, surely. And they all have these ERG, you know, employee resource groups, which, you know, 20 people show up to at a monthly luncheon, you know, they're, and so I, I thought, oh my gosh, you mean 
in one fell swoop, I could reach 30,000 women like bam and help these women and help connect. And I mean, I, that got me excited, right? Because it's accomplishing the mission that we set out to do working with these big companies. So it really became fascinating to me. Um, and just the learning and how we've developed, we've developed out a whole platform where you can make introductions and connect with each other's, you know, sort of like an, almost like an internal LinkedIn. That's right. That's right. Very similar. And it's, and it's gamified. So you get points and, and, you know, badges, if you're a super influencer so that you get recognized, wouldn't that be cool if the, if the top executives could see that you are like, who's this super influencer? She's super quiet at her desk, but man, she's making some waves in her own way. I think right. that women often get overlooked because we don't stand up for ourselves or we don't apply for that job because we don't think we're qualified. So this really allows women to have that recognition and to make connections and to have those tribes you know, within their own companies. So great. Well, I'd love to turn around that statistic that I've, I'm sure you've heard as many times as I have, which is that women, most women won't apply for a job unless they feel they have 90% or more of the qualifications in the job description. That's right. And men will feel comfortable applying for the same job if they have 40 to 50% of the qualifications (laughs) in the job description, which is bizarre. And So somewhere in the middle is, I guess, the mindset that the folks should have. But I think what you're doing is so important for inclusion efforts in general, because like telling people we have to be more inclusive doesn't really go very far, right? Because you can talk into your blue in the face and it, it doesn't sink in for a lot of people. But when, when they experience it, when they see it, when people are doing it, that's right. That's when that's when inclusion starts to really matter and get into people's bones. And so you're show you're highlighting women who are actually doing it and showing other people that it's possible and that they're missing in, 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 until now they've been missing uh, talent development opportunities. That's right. Well, and I think that it's um, it kind of goes back to at, at the core of. You know, when you hear about, you know, the, the reputation of some women, you know, and I mean, which look, it's, it's, it's earned in many, in many ways. And and it comes from a scarcity mindset, right? So if there are 10 jobs that are available sort of in your, you know, you're like, okay, you know, I might be qualified for these 10, but if you only see one woman and nine men in your mind, you think, oh, I have one shot. So I better not help anybody else because there's only one slot for a woman. Whereas right. a man, if you had nine women and one man in a job, the man would go, oh, I got all 10. I, you know, of course I could apply for all 10. He wouldn't even see that as a barrier. So I think that's the first thing that needs to happen. And that's just getting those women into those upper levels so that we see them and go, oh, well, of course I can apply for all these. So that's part of overcoming that mindset. And also, you know, kind of that, that abundance mindset also creates an environment and an ecosystem where women are helping one another. And there's new research that just came out, which, you know, like I haven't known this forever um, from the university of Notre Dame that basically now proves that the women, when they, when they surveyed and interviewed and, and figured out women who have made it to leadership positions, the number one factor is because they had a tribe of women, a tribe of se- So it's same sex, not just a tribe around them, a tribe of women who encouraged them and helped them and connected them and, and really helped them 
feel that confidence throughout their career. And that is the most common factor. And those women are, they're like almost three times more likely to get in other upper level positions if you have a tribe that's really healthy. So it's so critically important, but we've got to be in abundance because if we're in scarcity, it's every man for themselves, you know? So you're using those Manolos to kick somebody in the face, not to <laughs> uplift, right? Right. Not to let say, here, take mine, walk in them, right? That's right. Right. I mean, you know, Manolos got popularized by Carrie Bradshaw on Sex in the City, and those four women were each other's, like, straight best friends, champions, and it, it, it's... It, so it's not even irrelevant that we're talking about <laughs> designer shoes because I think those women it's were never irrelevant to talk about designer shoes. Okay. Yes. Let's, can we just put that out there? <laughs> Hashtag true, true story. I know. <laughs> um, so, you know, something else I wanted to ask you about, cause this really piqued my curiosity because I worked at Goldman Sachs for like the first almost half of my career. And I know that you participated in their 10,000 small business initiatives. So, uh, so I guess three things. Tell tell folks what it is, okay. how, how you got involved, and what the impact was. Well, the 10,000 Small Business, I actually met the woman who was running it um, at the time, Patty Green, at a, at a conference. It was just kind of this crazy, and I, I think I was at a point where, you know, I was, you know, Austin woman had been, um, you know, we, I don't know if we were 14 years in something like that. And I was sort of feeling this, like, what's, what is next? How do I grow? It was really about what, what the Goldman Sachs program does is it takes people that are in, in business and ready to go to the next level. So it's about growing your business or scaling your business, figuring out how to do that. And so that was really my impetus is like, okay, so what's next? How do I grow and scale this? What should I be looking at? And really just brushing up on those skills and being around other entrepreneurs. It was incredible. And I actually did the national cohort um, and, you know, still am close with, with, you know, many of the, the people that were in the program with me. It's a great program, but it really kind of goes back and forces you to kind of go back almost like to the beginning where you're really, you know, you're, you're putting goals together. You're really, thinking through five years, you're looking at financials and matching those financials. And I can tell you as a small business owner, you know, you do that sort of in the beginning because you're like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do this right. You know, and you have all these people helping you. And then after a while you're like budgets, what, you know? So, you know, I think that it was a really good refresher for that. Um, but what ended up happening during that is when I was sort of thinking about, you know, how to scale, really, you know, what kept coming up is sort of national, global, national, global. And I was like, oh, kill me now. I'm not going to do a national magazine, blah, blah, blah. You know, and so, but I think that it, what it did is, again, this mindset change. I hadn't really ever thought bigger. So I definitely attribute, you know, On The Dot is actually a separate entity, but obviously they're sister companies and very closely aligned. Sure. But I definitely, definitely expanded my mind to think about that scale to not just think local and even though it wasn't necessarily right for Austin woman per se on that but but then you know developing out and it's really sort of what started getting the juices flowing and giving me really the confidence to think bigger so it, it was a great program 
Oh, that's terrific. And how long is the cohort from kind of start to finish? Yeah, it's, it's like a semester long. And so you do everything virtually except for twice in, during the semester, you actually go to when, when you're in the national cohort. So they have some local co- cohorts you do on the weekends. Then you fly to Boston and you, you're there for a week and you work with your teams and you do presentations and, you know, all kinds of, of really interesting things. And it's a great program. And, and Goldman Sachs, you know, funds the entire thing. So you have to apply, yeah. um, but then they pay for everything. Like your plane ticket, the whole schmear and which is so great for what they've done for small businesses. And what it's done is it really is, is raising the level of sophistication for small businesses and helping to scale them because what Goldman Sachs knows, because there's a lot of really smart people there that they understand that, that small business is what's driving our economy. Yep. And if they can help get those businesses to think bigger and scale and be more sophisticated, then our economy is going to thrive and flourish. And I think that that really is a big part of why our economy is thriving right now is because small business is, is just buzzing and booming. Right. Terrific. Well, again, congratulations on completing that program and, and having it launch you into that global space. Cause you're right. On the Dots mission is relevant for women all across the planet and in some regions of the world, even yeah. more so, right, where you know, women don't even have the, the kind of rights that we do. So kudos to you for all the great work that you're doing in the world. Any last words of wisdom for leader shifters? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, it, it, I think that um, always asking for help. I just yeah. recently hired a business coach. It's the first time I've done it, okay. uh, which is kind of surprising. And I've, I've sort of noodled with it and thought about it and I could never find the right fit. But I really feel like I, I felt a lot of this sort of fear gripping me. And it's, it's lonely, right? It's lonely at the top. But when you're, when you're an entrepreneur and you're small and, you know, and even when you're going through, even if you're working at a big company and you're going through that change, you know, some kind of change, you know, having that outside influence. So that was my way of asking for help, but whatever that looks like for you, because, um, you know, it's so important to, to be able to push through because if you, you can't change your mindset, you can't make that shift if you're, if the fear is stopping you. Absolutely. Thank you for that. And thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. Uh, Thanks for having me. So I want to wrap up and and kind of summarize all the wonderful things that you shared with us today. Before I do that, though, how can folks reach you um, either for Austin Women, On the Dot, uh, White Label Program, or as an individual participant? Yes. Well, um, you can, uh, for On the Dot, um, the sign-up is free, so it can come to your inbox every morning it's 6 a.m. on the dot, no matter what time zone you're in, you go to onthedotwoman.com and you can just, again, just put in your email address and bada bang, bada bing. You can also download Four minutes, ladies, you have time. And like I said, you can either read it or listen to it. You can right there from your email. You can just press listen. You can also get it on iTunes and Spotify and all those, all those things. And we have lots of great additional content on our website and articles um, just, to, just to encourage you in your advancement. And for Austin Woman... You can uh, read all of our content online at atxwoman.com. Okay. And um, yeah, I just would, would love to, and certainly for the, for the white label program, um, you know, going to our website and, and um, you know, contacting me about that. If you, you know, if you're in a big company and 
um, you, this interests you and you can make a connection for me, that would be fabulous. I'm just Melinda at onthedotwoman.com. Pretty. Yep. <laughs> but, Absolutely. Uh, women yeah. helping women. Let's That's help great. Melinda get this as global and make as big of an impact as she possibly can. Love that. Great Thanks. asking for help, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm getting good at it. So just a random question. Are you in favor of keeping Austin weird, which is every time I go to Austin, all the bumper stickers, right? Well, it is funny because I have to say, um, Austin's a wonderful city. But for those of us who have been here, you know, been here now, gosh, I guess 18, 18 years or so. And right now, everything's kind of hard, right? The traffic is atrocious. It's just, there's so many people moving here every day. Yep. There's so much people, you know, prices are skyrocketing. So we're in kind of this, you know, where a lot of us who have been here a long time are sort of feeling like, you know, um, so it's, it's uh, but I think hopefully it'll, it'll settle out a little bit, but that's what's happening. You know, it's really booming into a very big city and, and becoming much different. So, um, you know, I think that Austin is probably becoming a little less weird because it's it's hard to stay as weird when you get bigger and bigger. But for sure, <laughs> I know there's I've still been there plenty a of bunch of times for work over the past six months. Been there five times, actually oh my five times in four months. Wow! And, and I, I love Austin, but you're right. It's you have to look me up yeah. next time you come. Absolutely. All right. So again, thank you for joining us and leadershifters. If you once upon a time had some dreams of being an entrepreneur, accidental or otherwise, and you didn't take action, is it too late? Are there some small steps that you can take to take that vision and turn it into a reality? And if so, and frankly for anything that's a goal of yours, find your tribe. Who are those people, those five to 10 people who are gonna support you and help you grow and be your best, and if you need to shift out some players in your life, Go ahead and do it. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, and nothing wrong with thinking big. It doesn't take a program like Goldman Sachs' 10,000 Small Businesses to encourage you to think big. Although, if you're interested in the program, check that out as well. Um, and, of course, always asking for help. It's something that so many leaders forget to do because it's like the more senior you get, the, the more you think, well, I should know everything. I shouldn't have to ask for help. But it couldn't be more 180 degrees different. The more senior we get, the more there is to know and the less of a percentage of things we can actually know, right? And, and so asking for help, whether it's from colleagues or, or, um, or friends or a business coach, I think is super important um, along with having that relatable role model. Um, and if you're looking for a relatable role model, there are many of them to be had. There you go. Thank you for joining us, Leadershifters. You know how to reach me, theleadershipproject.com. Hello at theleadershipproject.com and all the various and sundry social media outlets. Until next time, mwah.